hello everyone and welcome to Paradox, the untold stories from athletic directors. I am Dr. Daniela Point and my co-host is Dr. Dustin Smith and today we have Tony Miller with us. How are you today, Tony? I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you for being here and also thank you to Tickets Picket, who is our official sponsor and also the official ticketing partner of the NIAAA. So, Dustin, would you like to kick it off with one of your very sentimental introductions? Uh, boy, do I. Uh, I I've got a good time. and <laughs> We've kind of warned Tony on the front end of this. So, uh, But this is not a shot to Tony because he deals with me in the NIAAA cohort. And, and I talk about that cohort because I think it's so, it's so influential. It's so important. And I think Tony will agree that experience was really awesome for me and being able to connect with people. Um, and Tony and I have passed across because of the NIAAA U cohort. So um, Tony is a, Tony is a he's going through the cohort right now as a participant. And so each month I get to listen to Tony and get to hear what he's done. And so um, at our last call, I, I just shot him a message and said, hey, man, I'd love to get you on our podcast because I like his insight. I like his energy. Um, He's the guy that can probably go word for word with me. Uh, he's not afraid to talk. He enjoys talking. Um, and the good thing is it's always important stuff. So he's talking about what's going on. And and what's unique about what Tony's doing right now is Tony's actually in school. They're actually in in the school year right now. And we are recording on this July 21st. So full disclosure, it's recorded July 21st. And Tony is in school um for their season for their school year so i am honored to have tony on here because i think tony brings a lot of energy he brings a lot of fun but he brings a perspective um that i think we as ad's need more often is we're real it's real life stuff that we deal with but we can enjoy what we do we can have fun we can learn from situations so man tony i'm excited you're here i'm glad we're going to talk a little bit about where you're from here in a minute, but I want to start off by saying first, thanks for jumping on here. And the second thing I'd like to say, or my question I always ask you is, what's the resume not tell me about who Tony Miller is? We can talk about you being an AD in Arizona, being the NIAAA cohort, the stuff that you're doing at your school and in your district. But what I want to know is, what makes Tony Miller tick outside of being an athletic administrator? Well, Dustin, thanks for having me. And, and you're right, I'm, I'm high energy like you, and I love these kinds of conversations. I say very often that this is one of the best parts of our job, getting to have the authentic conversations where we can share our experiences and kind of get to know each other. I think that's one of the coolest things because this is not a profession that you learn by reading a book or going and having some kind of a manual. We learn from each other and we, we share that in our cohort together. And uh, so what really makes me tick is I'm back at my alma mater. I just had year number one back in my alma mater and I hadn't been here in 25 years. Um, so it was very strange coming back to where I grew up. My family is right down the road. So the big thing for me is this was about family. Um, for the first time in my career, I really made the decision of being around my loved ones, because uh, I wanted them to experience what I go through. And I have a niece that'll be here. She was actually just here last Friday with me. 
Um, she'll be here in two years. Um, I can't keep my nephew away. He's at all of the sporting events with our gear on. He absolutely loves it. Uh, my dad coached here when I was a student here and I helped open the school when it was a brand new school. So when we talk about things like community, I get to say that in the realist aspect of it. Like, this is my community. This is my home. Uh, this is where I grew up. I got to do something super cool this last year. Um, I got to create our Hall of Fame, first school in the district that really has a true standalone Hall of Fame facility. And I got to induct my high school baseball coach. And he was the reason that I became an educator. And I got to induct my high school principal. Um, and I was the first TA ever, ever up in the front office here. And she gave me that opportunity every day to see what she did as a leader. So when I say it, it's gone full circle where I can include my family and my friends and those kinds of things, I can't replicate that anywhere else. Like this is the only place that I could ever pull that off. And it was a little surreal. I didn't realize when I interviewed um, that 15 teachers were still here from when I was a student and two of them sat on my interview committee. Wow. I sat down and I was like, holy cow, like I couldn't make that connection. But then I did make the connection because when you think about it, when you're a high school senior, those first year teachers are theoretically only four years older than you. And they were all first year teachers at a brand new school. And so it's been a super fun experience. That really kind of has been a change in me in the last year, being able to have like this community feel that I've never had before. So that's really my driving force. Like it's, it's a really rewarding experience. I've seen so many people over the course of this last year that I haven't seen in 25 years. And now I'm the assistant principal for their children. I, I can't, I can't do that anywhere else. And it's so cool because I'm getting to rebuild all of those relationships because the reality is, is most of us don't keep many friends from our high school days, maybe a close friend or two, but I get to see many of them now, or I get to see their parents again that I haven't seen in that long. Uh, so it's a cool experience to bring that community feel truly into the school environment. So you talk about being here. Let's talk about where here is. And what I like to say is, let's paint on a map for those that may be geographically challenged, where okay. you're located. Um, we can talk about time zones and we can get those shots in if we need to. Uh, but let's, let's paint on a, on a map where you're located at. So if you look at Arizona and uh, you look at Phoenix, I'm about 20 minutes away from the capital of Phoenix. Uh, but to give you a better landmark, we're, I'm in Glendale, Arizona. That's where the Cardinals stadium is. Uh, that's where the Arizona uh, Coyotes, where their stadium, well, actually, they're leaving that stadium now. Uh, but right next to them is the Arizona Coyotes stadium. Um, so really in the heart of Phoenix, um, you're talking uh, my school is well over 2,800 students. We're a 6A school, so we're as big as it gets in Arizona. Um, Glendale is one of the most populated cities in the state. Um, it's a suburb. Literally, I mean, to get from here to Phoenix, you're talking a six-minute drive. Um, so we're, we're in the heart of the state. You can get to all of our sports arenas, you know, Diamondbacks, 
all of those people within 15 to 20 minutes. So we're in the heart of everything. Um, right down the road, uh, I think most of you guys know uh, we have spring training here. I could probably get to 15 spring training complexes within 25 minutes. So I got sports all around me, which is, I think, probably unique for most states. We have a lot more professional sports because of spring training and NASCAR and all of these other sports. We have them all here. Well, I have been where you're at, not your high school, but I went to Mesa for <clears throat> spring training. I'm a huge mm -hmm. Chicago Cubs fan, so I've been able to – I got to go to their spring training and then got to see the Diamondbacks play. I think the White Sox are out there too. There were, yep. I got to go see several games while I was out there. So I'm very familiar with that area just because of being out there at spring training. Beautiful weather most of the time, um, even if it's 120. Um, and with a breeze, as you talked about earlier, which is a hairdryer, basically, um, yep. it's kind of torture. Uh, but I'm familiar with Arizona. So how long have you been in Arizona? So I've been in Arizona most of my life. Um, my family relocated here when I actually my family relocated here five days before high school started for me. Uh, my dad was in the military. And uh, during the early 1990s, they were closing a bunch of military bases. And my dad was close to retirement. So they gave him an option of where to go. And he had to make the decision literally that day. And they said, you want to go to Seattle? Or do you want to go to Phoenix, Arizona? And my dad literally on the spot said Phoenix, Arizona. That was probably like a Thursday or Friday because I could vividly remember it. He left that weekend. He was in Arizona by the following Monday. And as soon as the school year ended for me in California, um, which was in June, we came out here um, as soon as we could sell our, our house and everything. And uh, we came out here. It's been home. It, my entire family lives here now. Um, pretty, we don't have anybody left in California. We've loved it that much because you're right, Dustin. The weather is great 99% of the time. We do have a hot streak during the summer, uh, but, you know, during the winter, it, it's 70 degrees. We can't really complain. Um, you know, it, it's, it's great almost all of the time. Um, and you learn to live with the heat a little bit. You just stay inside a little bit more. Um, but it's gorgeous. You really can't complain. I mean, when I moved into this area of town, literally all the stuff that I told you, you know, a few minutes ago, none of it existed. No freeways. Nothing. The only pro sports team we had then was the Phoenix Suns. So I've got to see this whole entire state in my 30-ish years. I've got to see it all develop and change over that time frame. So it's been a really cool experience. So now you said you said that you guys are already in school. So what what is your school calendar like? When do you start and when do you stop? So we reported back as staff this week. And then okay. we back next week um with students so we're back with staff this week so this is the kind of week that okay. i do all of our trainings all of the beginning of the year stuff that we all have to do as far as you know getting teachers ready all that kind of stuff but in arizona um the school year is typically right around um early august to early may um that's what most school districts do um, we will next year we're most likely switching to a schedule that's more of a modified school year, uh, at least for us here in Arizona. Um, we're going to have a shorter summer break 
um, but longer breaks in the year. So we'll have a two week fall break. We'll have a two week Christmas break. That won't really change. We'll have a two week spring break and then a six week summer break. Um, there's a lot of evidence that that helps keeps students on track um, a little bit better, but there's also a ton of evidence that as educators, we need a break from time to time. <laughs> it's nice for us to have a mental break. Um, I'll fully admit that. And so um, we're, it looks like we're gonna be switching to that. Um, I'm actually excited about that because as an AD, that will allow me to have a little bit more breaks in my schedule too, where could I go do things with my family or my nieces, my nephews, my mom, my dad? I would have more of a natural break there for some of those things that I don't necessarily have right now. Now, so that was going to be my next question, right? Is like, does sports take those two week breaks as well? No, it will not, but I won't have to be here during the school day. So because most of our neighboring districts won't be doing those breaks, we're going to have to be a little bit creative with our schedules. Like I'm sure in the fall, other schools aren't going to say, hey, yeah, Tony, for two weeks, you're not going to play Friday night football games. That's going to happen. But that being said, you know, if you don't have students in class, you get the break that you need throughout the school day. And can you finagle the schedule a little bit where like if you have some of your other fall sports, can you do them on the same day or just load up certain days? I think that that would be very doable. We already do that a little bit right now. Um, so I, for me, um, I don't look at the after school stuff as a job. That's when I really get to have fun. I'm sure you two know what I'm talking about there. Um, that's my outlet. I love being there. Uh, after school with our students. My students know that. Um, like right now, when we just ended our summer camps, I was here every day with them and they saw that and they knew that I was engaged. Um, I get to build a different relationship with them during that time. Uh, so I actually look forward to those breaks because I get to give them some different attention during that time. So <clears throat> I, I don't, I don't want to, uh, just jump straight into stories because I, I think those are a lot of fun and these are conversations we get to have and there's questions we get to have. But before we jump into a story, <clears throat> let me just ask you about Arizona's on their own time system, right? We are. Yeah. Okay. Just just wanted to make sure that maybe our viewers or listeners knew that and maybe even one of our co-hosts knew that. Um, yeah. But, okay. All right. Listen. I'm not going to say any names, but her initials are Daniela Point. Yeah, we uh, we Dustin have just learned zone. this. <laughs> Dustin just figured this out too. That's so a lie. That, do not let him fool all of you to not knowing that Arizona has its own special time zone. This is new information. We do. For those of you listening <laughs> out there, um, Arizona does not do daylight savings time. So I know for a fact. Out of the three of us, I'm familiar with that. <laughs> so um, you know, we stay well at the same played. time year-round. Um, and that confuses some people. And uh, that that's okay because we work around that. <laughs> One of the joys about being in Arizona. But let, let's, let's, let's get off that soapbox for a minute. <laughs> okay. Let's talk some stories. Um, experienced and part of the reason why we do this podcast is to to laugh to have some fun and just to be be transparent about things that we go through that on our campus we say it all the time we're an island because nobody really knows what we do 
They just mm -hmm. know that events happen, things go on, and that's just the expectation. They don't understand the behind-the-scenes stuff. So I, I want to hear some stories from you of things that you've dealt with, and, and we'll, we'll dissect those. We'll ask some questions about those, and then we'll, we'll do some takeaways at the end of them. But give us a story that you want to start off with about things that you've encountered, but maybe the, for lack of a better term, the oh, crap moment. Well, I, I might not start with an oh crap moment, but <laughs> I'll start with a moment that I think uh, our viewers would like to hear that I think is probably the coolest thing that I've ever done in my career. So if you two have watched the news, um, you're probably aware of the fact that in Arizona, uh, roughly a decade ago, I think it's nine years now, um, Arizona had a massive fire where 19 firefighters passed away. Uh, the Granite Mountain 19 firefighters were out fighting in northern Arizona um, in the Prescott area. And uh, that's actually where I started out being an AD. And, and um, I had the opportunity to meet many of those families. And then there's a great movie about them. I encourage you guys to go and watch it. It's called Lone Survivor. Um, and it's unbelievable. And I come from a firefighter family. My, my grandfather was a fire chief. His father was a fire chief. So um, I found it absolutely amazing. I moved there right after that all happened. And when I say a community coming together to really support each other, it was so cool. But there, there was one firefighter that survived. Um, he was the lookout person. His name is Brendan McDonough. And I had the unbelievable opportunity to have a relationship with him. And shockingly, like many people do these days, I watched the movie, I knew that he was in town and I reached out to him by Facebook. And he actually responded. I didn't think there was any chance that that would happen, but he came to the school, um, met with all of our athletes, talked to them about perseverance and what he went through and what it means to be a team player and a family, because that's what firefighters are, very much so like sports teams. Um, and then uh, we had the opportunity that year, it was our first game of the year. We called it our salute to service game. So we invited out all firefighters, retired and current police, um, active and retired members of the military. And we got hundreds of people at the game and they all came in for free. And it was our first game of the year. And then he did us the honor of doing the coin toss. And it made the news, which was not my intention, but it made the news because that's something to be very proud of. And uh, I think for me, that was a lesson that I can't, I can't even imagine the impact that that had on our students that year. I hope the takeaway that they learned from that experience stays with them forever um, because that's a real life situation. And it, maybe it is a little bit of an old crap story, but you know, to be able to teach my students that, um, I, I think that that was probably the most beneficial thing that I have ever done in my career and maybe had the most impact in a singular moment that I've ever had. So you're talking about using social media for a positive. Yeah. You reached out to him, not knowing if he was going to respond or not, but he did. And look yeah. what it looks where look what it avalanched into, if you will. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it became something that really had a life of its own, took on its own. Um, I mean, again, not your intention for it to be the publicity that it got, but the reality is this is a real life person that 
that persevered, um, and we can talk about perseverance and hanging in there and what that's like, but I'm not going to do that because Danielle will probably vomit. Um, but uh, we can talk about the perseverance <laughs> of what this, this individual did to be able to be the lookout, and you can parallel all kinds of sports stories to this, but for, for him to, to respond and to not only respond, but say, yeah, I'll be present. I'll be there, and I will deliver a message to kids. Um, I, I mean, I don't think you talked about you couldn't do what you do anywhere else. You couldn't replicate that. Well, this situation, I don't think you could replicate the impact that it had on kids. Uh, not at all. And I, I think the biggest outcome for me, it was a very emotional night. Many of the firefighters' families showed up as well, and I got to meet their kids and their wives and their parents. It was hard to not get emotional um, because they lost their loved ones serving our country, protecting our community. Um, I, I don't know that anybody could be prouder of a sibling or a family member for doing that. And uh, I still get people to this day, specifically my former students reaching out to me saying how big of an impact that that had on them. And that was six years ago now. So I, I think it's one of those moments that you realize your impact. You don't always get told thank you in our profession. Uh, many times people are upset with you in our profession. You get yelled at. Um, but there are times that we have an impact that truly is immeasurable. Now, let me clarify something. You said you don't always get told thank you. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so you're telling me there's times you're being you're told thank you for what you do. Well, yeah, yeah. Maybe it doesn't come across as smooth as you just said it, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, the crazy thing is um and i don't remember who said it but they said they may not remember what you said but they'll remember how you made them feel mm -hmm. and i think the impact that that situation had on people that's a feeling and emotion and, and this wasn't an, an athlete per mm -hmm. se i mean it wasn't one of your sports teams it was somebody who was they chose to be in the line of fire, for lack of a better term. And they were out there fighting fires, and they were one who survived a catastrophic event, something that happened that, that took the lives of somebody else. But they turned that into a positive for so many other kids, which is pretty fascinating to me. Yeah, no. It really, it really makes you realize that when you hear the term transformational leadership or servant leadership, like there truly is people out there that, embody that on a level that maybe I'll never comprehend because I'll, I'll fully say, I don't know that I would jump into a fire. Like, I don't know that I would do that. Maybe if it's my loved ones, but that's terrifying. Like it is truly terrifying. And he did that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just fascinated and especially how you turn that into military appreciation or servicemen appreciation, men and women, whatever that is. Um, you know, I think in our country, sometimes we lose sight of that. We lose sight of what people do to, to to give what they give. And we talk about Memorial Day or we'll talk about what that Veterans Day and what that should mean. And that always elicits emotions for me because I get to do what I do because people gave of themselves. And oftentimes, I'm not going to, please don't think I'm comparing our lives to military or anything like that but we serve people mm -hmm. in a way that 
we give of ourselves countless hours, countless time, countless stressful moments to try to make sure everything goes as smoothly as it can. And in some small way, we can relate to those people that give their life. And I'm not saying we're giving our life. We're not laying our lives down. We're just sacrificing time and serving other people for the good of, of the group. Mm-hmm. And those people were able to do that. And kudos to you for being able to, to parlay that into a very emotional and yet transformational night. I think you said that earlier. And I love that word, transformation. Well, and also just being able to use what you have in your platform for such a positive, you know, widespread thing is is great because you you have the ability to touch lots of people and, and affect your community in a positive way. And you did that. And it, it wasn't the outcome of the game that impacted them. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think that um, as weird as it sounds, that was our opening game. And it was when I went up there, it was for a rebuild to a certain extent. And I really think that that set the tone of what we are about. Because when you talk about our athletic departments, and, and Dustin, I shared with you a couple of weeks ago, ago during our cohort that I got the awesome opportunity lately to rebuild the vision and mission of my athletic department. But something like that, it's more than just the words that we put on a banner or a piece of paper for people to see and to try to, you know, carry out. That ended up being a way that people knew us. It was our way of carrying ourselves on just a great level. Um, and, and, and I like the word, like you said, transformational, because when we can have that kind of an impact on people, uh, yeah, we might not be putting our lives on the line, but I guarantee you it's just as meaningful to those students that you're having that impact on. So let me ask this question. How do you follow that up? How do you follow up that <laughs> and say, we have set the bar this high and yeah. expectation, unfortunately, in our society, your people are like, what are you doing next? Who are you going to honor next and how are you going to top what you did? And that's the first game of the year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and mind you, the first game of my tenure as the AD. I was like, whoa, okay. And you're right. I did have people coming to me about other themes. And it did take on a life of its own. We did stuff for breast cancer awareness. We did things for um, uh, child cancer awareness. Um, You know, we had senior nights like all of us do. Um, you know, during our football season, I remember that year it was, uh, we played on a Friday night that year and it happened to be Halloween. So we had a a costume party, which was fun. And so we just try to be as creative as possible. And I've carried that over, um, from year to year. I've kind of morphed it over the years. I do some fun things during the football season, but I try to carry it over now into other times of the year. Uh, So when I shared with you a few weeks ago that I also got to create our Hall of Fame, that's a winter sports thing. So I could really get the community to come out for our winter sports and I rotate which sport gets to host it. So last year it was girls basketball. This year we already picked our boys basketball date. Next year it's going to be boys soccer. So it gives some notoriety to those programs. And then during the spring, I try to create a really cool day where um, it's a multi-sport venue where I have both of my baseball fields going, both of my softball fields, beach volleyball, indoor boys volleyball, tennis, track and field. I have a multi-sport day 
where basically you pay one entry fee at the main gate and you get to come in and watch everything. Like go to town, watch everything. I get one school to agree to this. They all come here and I just turn it into a Saturday where we go to town and we showcase everything. And so I try to come up with these themes because it's fun. Um, I want our students to be a part of those events and to feel that they're being appreciated. And let's be honest, there are certain sports that are always gonna get the notoriety and there's other sports that don't necessarily always get that same notoriety. So if I can create something fun that gets people there, then I did my job. Uh, I wanna piggyback, I'll just tell a brief story about what we did at the collegiate level when I was there. We did okay. a thing called a, a toy toss. And there, there, are, there are teams around the country that when they score their first basket, they'll throw toilet paper onto the floor. They do these rolls of toilet paper as a yeah. celebratory thing. Well, my basketball coach came to me and said, Dustin, I got this idea. And I said, okay, what is it? He said, how about when we score our first basket, we ask people to throw soft toys onto the, the court. And so we called it a toy toss. And what they would do is when we scored our first basket, they bring their stuffed animal or whatever, and they throw it onto the floor. Um, and so you got to obviously tell the other team that this is this is happening. Um, yeah. It was a really fun event. And so you're throwing all these toys out there. And unfortunately, some people are aiming for the officials. They were trying to do whatever you know they could do. <laughs> um, but it was for a great cause. And so it became a small event to begin with, much like you said, it's morphed into some something greater than what it was originally. We did a toy toss. Maybe that first year we had like 1,500 toys. And we took them to the Salvation Army and our basketball team would take them down to the Salvation Army and give them to them for Christmas and they could distribute those to whoever they needed to. Well, my last year there, um, we had over 15,000 toys that were brought during that. They would just throw them onto the court. And so um, the team that we would play, they would always decline the technical foul. And they would say, we won't do that because this is for charity. Uh, now, That's one team cool. did take the technical foul and they beat us by two that night. And they made those two free throws on the technical, but no. at the end of the day, it wasn't what is important about winning the basketball game. It was that we were doing something that was given back to the kids. And what my, I wanted my, my athletes to understand the importance of what they were doing, not just playing a basketball game, mm -hmm. but that's why I made them take up the toys and go get presented to the Salvation Army because it was something bigger than them. That That's super cool because you're right. It is bigger than them. And, Every single one of your athletes and every single one of those opposing teams' athletes is going to remember that for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And, and, they and it doesn't need to be toys. like the visiting yeah. teams. They brought boxes mm -hmm. of toys and they were throwing them out too. So it was really oh, cool. Oh, that's cool. We it, these are great theme nights, and like you can, there's endless possibilities when it comes to this. We had um, a school that was a private school that was across the street that. We would have, um, we called it the Super Bowl, like, but S-O-U-P-E-R. It was for lacrosse. Okay. And we had girls and boys lacrosse play back to back. But if you bought um, a couple cans of soup, we let you in for free. And then oh. we donated, um, the local soup kitchen came and they had their truck there and we donated it all. But it wasn't just that because, you know, you have to have a little competitive fun here. So ADs are competitive too, right? So the AD mm -hmm. and I got a trophy and we would count the soup that was purged that was brought from both um from both schools and whoever brought the most soup or cans i should say right cans won the trophy 
And we oh. had like the number listed on the trophy and you won That's the trophy cool. and then you got to keep the trophy. And we presented it on the field that year at our, at like at the end of the game, we presented it on the field and um, we, it became like a big thing in the community. And it was a great simple thing that we did to give back. And once again, the outcome of the game, Justin did not matter. That was not written on the trophy. It was who won the Super Bowl that year. And these are all very simple ideas, whether it's the toy, the toy toss or a Super Bowl game that gets your community amped up, but also in a very positive way. And you're giving right back to your community. So it's, it's something to feel good about that we can do. So did you, did you say to the loser AD that no soup for you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I never lost the super oh, bowl oh, game oh. <laughs> you were undefeated in the super bowl yeah, i was an undefeated yeah. super bowl yeah. ad so <laughs> i never had to hear those words i mean <laughs> that's a little seinfeld reference just in case you didn't know danielle yeah no i got that yeah okay. he just likes to pick on me tony I just like just ignore, ignore justin <laughs> what i like about it and, and i think i go back to that word transformational and that's a key word i think that that's a buzzword that we're going through um i I read a lot of books um and i talk about um i I really like the transformational leadership side of things uh joe ehrman talks about it in inside out coaching if you haven't read that book i just finished a book called calling up which talks about transformational leadership and what that really looks like in play so i can appreciate the transformational side of things because I hope that's what we're about. I hope it's not just a transaction that we're trying to win a basketball game. We're trying to win a state championship, but during that process that we're transforming the lives of kids, that we're trying to help make them better and they're understanding the bigger picture. Yeah, I want to win every game that we play, but reality is we're not going to win those games. We're not going to win every single game. We're not all Danielle LaPointe where we don't get beat in Super Bowl. <laughs> Um, (laughs) I think our job is to help make these moments impactful for kids and for some of these kids their entire athletic career is going to be summed up in four years of high school they won't be able to go on and so what I want my coaches to understand is let's make that experience the best that it possibly can be and the fact that six years later they're coming to you Tony and saying Man, that was really impactful for me. They're not saying what the score of the game was. They're not saying what their stats were from the game, anything like that. They're talking about the experience. And I think that's what we're trying to do as athletic administrators, make sure the experience is as good as it can be. Mm -hmm. I wholeheartedly agree. And and at the end of the day, um, I tell people this all the time. You're right. I don't necessarily Mm -hmm. care about the wins and the losses. Um, I care that we're molding them through great life lessons, if we're doing that, we're having an impact that I could go to bed and sleep very, very contently because I'm proud of the impact that we've had. I mean, that's- Well, and speak, yeah. Go Go ahead, ahead, Daniel. No, go right ahead. Oh, you're undefeated. I can't, I got to bow to the undefeated. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was just saying, speaking of experiences, like, do you have any old crap experiences to share with us? I oh, want yeah. To see that. yeah so, <laughs> so same school. Um, and, and mind you, great community. Um, I still consider it my second home. My parents have a place up there. Um, and I'll give a shout out to the school. It's Bradshaw Mountain High School in Prescott Valley, Arizona. It's a wonderful community. But that same year, um, I could during the rivalry game, 
Um, I could vividly remember my principal and I, and he, he's an amazing man. He's now the executive director of the school district. And we legitimately had a streaker. <laughs> this is not, I remember looking wait, at him, we're standing wait, on this. Yeah. Wait, was it a male or a female? Male. It was a male. Um, it was not one of our students. Um, it was, it was, I will say it's not ours. <laughs> uh, I remember both teams were in the locker room. So, you know, the sidelines are empty. It, it's the adult working the event. And, uh, you know, I'm younger than I'm still in really good shape. And I remember my principal, going, go get him. He literally said, go get him. <laughs> I, was like, I remember putting my head down, dropping my water bottle and I took off. And then halfway down the field, because he's running lengthwise of the field. So like right here behind me, he's going the, le the length of the field. And on the far end of the field, it's, you know, it's what, what? the four foot fence that most of us have and you scale that and you're on the road. And, <laughs> and so I remember him saying, go get him." And as I'm running and I'm proud of the fact that I could run and uh, the crowd starts going nuts. I'm like, Oh, this is not what I want. <laughs> like, it is a cheer, like nobody's business. And then the PA announcers like, Miller's running them down. Like they're giving like a play by the game. And I'm like, this is not happening. The kid goes to jump the fence. And as he goes to jump, I grab his arm and I caught him and waited for my SRO officer to uh, help with the situation. Cause I did, I, A, I was out of breath and exhausted. And B, I don't want to be a part of that situation anymore. Uh, but I remember the whole next week at the school, uh, the running, that literally the running joke was, yeah, we're not going to try to do anything on campus because Miller's just going to run us down. And so, uh, that was the joke the whole rest of the year. And I was like, holy cow, how did I get myself into this? Well, I, li I like the fact, the play on words that you had, running joke. I That didn't. That didn't escape me. I caught that. <laughs> My question, I got two questions for you. One, how much of a head start did he have on you? I would say I was probably at about the 15, 20 yard line. And he was probably, or I was standing at the 15, 20. He was probably at the 40. So I did a good, nice little run down there of at least 20 yards. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a good finish. I mean, yeah. track guys yeah. like that finish of those coaches <laughs> like that. But secondly, what was your thought when that guy said, go get him? I looked at him and he, he can, he can comment on this. I said, really? And he goes, go. <laughs> oh, like, like I thought he was joking at first. Like I'm thinking this kid's just going to run and we're done with this. <laughs> when he says go and I can see the look on his face, I was like, oh, I'm really doing this. Yeah. Like he sat in like, same kid, like this is my job now. Uh, I took off, and I don't think he actually thought. Like he was laughing later. He goes, "I totally didn't think you were going to catch him." And so, uh, I think he was half serious, half joking, wanting to see if I was going to do it. But such a straight face that I took it as serious. Right. I went. So he was half joking, half serious. But a hundred percent challenging you to say, oh, hey, yeah, yeah, you him. yeah, and challenge was accepted, right? 
<laughs> I think it's brilliant that the play-by-play or the PA guy was doing play-by-play on it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I remember like I was running and I looked over to our hands and everybody was standing up and I heard the speaker. I'm like, oh, it's happening right now. Like, I am glad that was before the time that we streamed events because I don't want to see that video. <laughs> of either just, part, of the kid yeah. running or you. I'm just yeah. imagining like you catching him out halfway up the fence and the crowd just like going wild. They did. They did. And then I'm like, just lay down on your stomach. Literally, that's what I said. Like, lay down on your stomach. And he laid there. So. I mean, I I think, I mean, I I don't think I would have caught him, one. Uh, but two, I don't know what I would have done when I got there to the fence. Like, I, I know I got to that point. I'm going to, I'm making sure he's coming back in. But yeah. I'm not sure what I'm grabbing at that point. Um, so, I mean, it yeah, made I literally, I stopped at the fence. Right. I, was, I stopped. I'm like, now what do I do? <laughs> so if he scaled that fence, he was in the road. There's a little dirt patch, but yeah, the sidewalk is just beyond that. And there was a car waiting for him. They were prepared for this. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and I remember, I remember I walked back. It was all done. I remember looking at him like, I'm never doing that again. He goes, you don't have to. They'll never do it again. <laughs> the legend lives. You don't yeah. have to. I mean, it, yeah. I see a theme here. You set the bar high at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody else can reach that. And so you, had you not tracked him down, had you fallen along the way, you know, there there would have been a whole bunch of jokes probably coming out of that. But the fact yeah. that you were able to maintain being upright and not only being upright, but catching him and bringing him back in. And then the the wherewithal to say, lay on your dang stomach. Because <laughs> we don't need to see any more of that. We've seen way too much. Just yeah. lay face down. Kudos to you. Yeah. Well, now if I was to do that, I would be hurting myself. So that's not going to happen anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the funny part is you said you waited on the SRO to get there. How long did it take the SRO to, to catch up to that situation? <laughs> funny thing was, is he was smart enough to jump in the golf cart, which I thought to myself later, why didn't I just jump in the golf cart? Right. <laughs> I didn't have to do any of this running. I could have just jumped in the cart and beat him there. <laughs> yeah. I think I would have gone back to the principal and said, I'm done. I've yeah. done my duty for tonight. You got the rest of the night. Because the teams yeah. are in the locker room. This is before the game started, right? No, this is halftime. Oh, it's halftime. <laughs> it was a packed stadium. Oh. Yeah. So has yeah. the band performed? Have we done any of those halftime ceremonies? So so at our halftimes, it was the cheer and palm teams that would perform. Band was before the game. But, yeah, cheer and palm were waiting to perform at this point. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're on the sideline as well. Like I saw them there, and so yeah. And then I, I, I was, I remember really thinking to myself, a, how out of breath I was, and b, when he showed up in the golf cart, I'm like, why didn't I take that? And I, then I was like, didn't you get here prior? He goes, I was watching. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I just wish there was video of this, and maybe there is, but. It, I would like. I, hope not. I would just like to see you closing the gap because I think there'd be some great commentary of, you know, just that process of being able to close that gap and how how that started shrinking, uh, and you were able to make the make the capture, if you will, 
Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go on the record. I hope there is not a video of that because I don't want to see myself running and be out of breath at the end of it. No, but you know, it's funny. We talk about all the things that like we never planned for. I, I would never would have thought that that would have ever happened during a high school game. And the crazy thing is, wasn't even a student of either one of the schools. He wasn't one of our kids. You know, I, I didn't realize like how common high school streakers actually were until we started this podcast. But that also seems to be a common theme, right? There's a couple common themes that we have here that, that they um, are always males and that they don't usually belong to either school either. Yeah. I think or, people or, seeking attention. Or people don't claim them because they are <laughs> they don't want to claim that as one of their students. There it is. Not ours. Not ours. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you ours was not was not even a kid. He was actually a legal adult. Oh, so there had to be some serious repercussions that followed on that one. Yeah, I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure. I think he was like nineteen years old or something like that. But he legitimately was not one of our students. Now, that doesn't mean that he wasn't prior um, because there's only one high school in that town. <laughs> so, uh, but I don't know the answer to that. I mean, literally, the towns up in northern Arizona, they only have one high school per town. So um, that limits the options, that's for sure. So, and the fact that um, he had a car waiting on him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I still, I can't get in the mind of a streaker just because I would never do that. And I don't understand what makes somebody think that's a really good idea. But to have, <laughs> not only be able to, to, to be brave enough to pull that off, literally, but mm -hmm. to be able to pull that off and then have somebody waiting, that conversation, yeah. I don't have a friend that wouldn't say, Dustin, you're a moron. Yeah. I'm not letting you jump in my car, start naked. Uh, or they may have said, yeah, let's do that. And then the car not be there. I didn't know how yeah. I read that whole way. They would have just a joke on me and said, I ain't even here for that. Or or they're going to make you believe that they're waiting there for you. And then right. you're getting there, take off. So you're, you're running down the street. Yeah. <laughs> then what do you do? Yeah. Because yeah. well, now you got nowhere to go. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think. This to you know, we had Becky Moran talk about she started this whole streaker situation. Uh, okay. And she did not move when that their streaker took off and she said there's laws against that. So <laughs> you are the first one that actually pursued a streaker that we've heard of. Mm -hmm. Everybody else pawned that off on somebody else and said, Oh, we'll let the SRO do that, we'll let an yeah. administrator do that. But you didn't get that, it was the other duties as a sign. Yeah. <laughs> go get them. Yeah. Yeah. That other duties is a sign. <laughs> that other duties is time to get a head start. Even more of a head start when you'd have to turn and do a double take. Be like, wait a minute. Did you yeah. say go get them? Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that's exactly what it was like. I remember vividly we were standing next to the, the chain gang guys and they're all older uh people that used to coach on our campus and they would help us out with sporting events and i remember them laughing as soon as it got said because they saw the person coming onto the field and so 
And I turned and I had, like you said, I did a double take like, oh no. And <laughs> then the challenge came. <laughs> I don't know oh. if I would have been standing next to your principal on the sidelines for the remainder of those games. I would have been like, you stand over there. <laughs> I will watch the game. No, actually, I will say this. Um, that principal was a great principal. Uh, the cool things we used to always do as an admin team, we actually are going to start doing it here at my school. Um, we would travel to all playoff games for any sport and football games on the road, and we would turn them into admin dinners uh, for all the road games. And it really created like a bond that was truly special. I mean, still to this day, um, we text each other all of the time. One of the assistant principals from that school moved back to the Valley as well. And he's now my new assistant principal here this year. And so one of the first things he said is, I can't wait to go on the road for the football games for us to have dinner. Like those, those little moments that you get to have, um, because too often as high school administrators, we did, don't get to necessarily always have those fun moments together. So I can look back on that now even probably 15 minutes after it happened and laugh at it because who would have thought that would have happened. Um, but at the same time, I think it also lets our students know like, Hey, we have expectations here. And, and you said it a second ago, Dustin, we set a bar high. Like um, I shared with you a few weeks ago that we won the state director's cup for Arizona this last year. And that meant something because one of the main reasons they gave it to us this year was because of our student, we call it Ridge Army, or our name is Mountain Ridge. And so the name of our student section is Ridge Army, and they, they wear like a camo theme, because one of our school colors is uh, forest green. And I kid you not, we set attendance records coming out of COVID that we have never seen at our school. And when we received the award this year at the big gala, um, they said it was because of our student body and how positive they were at our events. and. Um, how many of them were there? I mean, we had football games that we had over a thousand students there. It was unbelievable. Never seen I anything just, like it. I just, I know you're, that's an awesome thing, but you're sitting here like saying student body and I'm confused about like what story we're talking about now. <laughs> I, was, I was just transitioning <laughs> like what Dustin and I were talking about. Whoa, I guess now. <laughs> Not okay. that student's body. That took me a oh, okay. The student's body, not that student's okay, body. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. Sorry, yeah. I couldn't resist. Yeah. yeah, just got that. That took me a minute. That was a good one. It's okay. You're on Arizona time. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah, I got my own time zone, so it takes me a while. <laughs> I couldn't you resist. Know, I'm sorry. I wonder what you would have done. You talked about being on the road. And if that was a road game, what would you have done? Do it there. But yeah, just yes. throw whatever My role on the road is literally that's somebody else's job. <laughs> this you is not fast. my venue. Dustin, um, did you see how fast he was like stood there? Yeah. Stood yeah. there. Like he had <laughs> thought about that previously. Yeah. He knew uh -huh. that was coming at some point. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, yeah. I need to know what my role is at all times. And on the road, that's my role. <laughs> I think I think I may have looked at the principal and said, I'm just going to stand here. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm my reaction at that time. Yeah. 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 No, I'm not jumping into that one. <laughs> and the fact that the PA guy did play-by-play is awesome because yeah, at halftime for me, my PA guy is usually going to get something to eat. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. usually a time when they're going to get their break. They can go to the bathroom or whatever so that they, you know, can. They're kind of important to the game. They kind of have to tell what's happening and who makes the tackle, whatever. So the fact that he, your PA guy, I can't say guy or girl, your PA person was able to get on there and start doing a play-by-play. I mean, that that I wish I would have heard. I may not need to see the visual. I just need to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, So, Dustin, uh, what I would do um, is I would – cater my press box and I would feed my PA guy before the game and then he wouldn't leave during halftime you should take care of your PA guy Dustin I hope your PA guy's listening right now ask for it to be catered PA guy at Dustin's school the bathroom (laughs) is on the first level they're on the second level so he can't just take a time out and say I'm going to the bathroom Mm. Mm -mm. so gotta have backup PA guy Got to have an assistant. Yeah, I've got him sitting there, but I mean, it's just, he just jumped into it. I mean, that wasn't planned. That wasn't scripted. He just jumped into it. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 It really is. It makes it an awkward situation a little bit less awkward for yeah. everyone except you. Maybe not <laughs> you, Tony. Everyone else is having a good time. You, yeah. maybe not yeah. so much. I'm going to say the situation was the same for Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It might have even been more awkward for Tony because I'm like, there's no way this is coming out of speakers right now. <laughs> and the fact Not that- to mention, like, like, that was my introduction for the most part to the community because that was the first sporting event of the year. And I thought to myself, oh, this is not how the community is meeting me. <laughs> but you caught him, so it was a good thing. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it, it was a good thing, but uh, I hope I never have to do that again. I really hope, and be, I hope I'm smarter next time. And when there's a golf cart sitting next to me, just use the golf cart. Yeah, yeah don't exert all that. I mean, I think probably seasoned years, you probably would have said, all right, let's work harder, not smart, or let's work smarter, not harder. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything to prove here. I'm not trying to make an Olympic team. I'm not trying to show everybody that I've got a killer hundred yard sprint. I'm just I'm just gonna make sure that we 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 handle the situation. That may be, hey, there's a gator right here. Uh, we can't let Steve Throne jump into the gator because it may be the aerodynamics may slow you down and you may not be able to catch them if Steve Throne's in the in the this gator. was a good this is a good code red situation though. This right. was an appropriate code red situation. Yeah, if you listen to the Steve Throne episode, he talked about Code Red, and he he said in a Gator, he looks like it's a Shriner car for him because he's so big and that thing it is so small. But um, you know, I, I would have to think somebody like Tony would have jumped in that. He would have just said, "Hey, I'm getting the Gator." Um, but the fact that you proved that your sprint is still on point, yeah, I mean. And the community yeah. knew that. They knew, and you said it, a takeaway for those kids was, I can't outrun him. No, no, no. Uh, I also will admit I did have to see the trainer after that because <laughs> my hamstrings were shot. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> I literally remember second half of the game laying down on the trainer's table. I'm like, dude, they hurt. He goes, we're not doing this year. <laughs> I think I would have seen not just the trainer. I would have probably had to seen a counselor. What I just yeah. saw, I don't need to see again. Yeah. Yeah. What an incredible story! I mean, what a, what a great <laughs> we've we've had some streakers on the show before for sure. I mean, streaker stories, I guess I should say, um, and and we've always established that they are males, and um, you know, one guy did it for two hundred bucks, which wasn't enough to get him out of jail. Um, and our question was, where did he store the money? You know, because I mean, he's not wearing anything, but. Um, you know, I don't think those thought processes go through their heads. They're just, Mm -mm. but I would say this, the desired effect happens. I would, I would assume if I was a streaker, I would want as many eyes on me as I possibly could get. And I I would say that they were all there. Oh, she's going to ask what the desired effect of a streaker is. I'm just assuming. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've never done it, so I'm not 100% positive on that one either. Um, and for the record, not going to do it. Right. Um, so I'm just going to make an assumption with Dustin that they want eyes on them. Um, and I'm going to agree with him on that one. I, I just, I just blows my mind. It blows my mind that that would be, but, you know. I, Deep in thought now, I don't even know the answer to that question. Like, what is the desired outcome? Like, what is your objective here? Well, I, I watched the the open this past weekend, um, and they one of the famous pictures from the open is when John Daly won it back in the nineties, and there was a streaker that had on his back painted the nineteenth hole pointed towards his rear end, um, and so um, I think that was his desired outcome was to be able to have people understand where the 19th hole was. He had his objective written. Right. Just yeah. like you're supposed yeah. to. It was very clear. <laughs> yeah. Just like in the classroom, the objective was very clear. Yeah. 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 And no. so I'm assuming that, that that was the desired outcome for this certain individual. Yep. For yep. this student's body. Not the student body, <laughs> for the student's body. Yep. Yeah, no, but I think it's also good though too. Like, you know, we could we always talk about what we can and can't plan for. That's not something that you plan for. No, like, not it's not on. Hey, like, we got to go over game day management. That's not on the check sheet of what we got to go over. There's yeah. there's no emergency action plan. There's no. I mean, you don't have that built in. So when there's somebody just butt naked running across the field, what you do. Um, nope. I think my mental note would have been, I'm not standing next to that principal. And I think <laughs> the principal said, no, you go get him. Yeah. And now it's your turn. I've proven I can track him down. It's your turn now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I already did my sprint for the year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's yeah. so many comments that can be made. I'm just going to hang on to. Um, but, but I think the point of it, uh, you know, we laugh at that situation. Um, and some of it is laughing at Tony because Tony was actually in the middle of that, just chasing that kid down. Um, just <laughs> the I, the wisecracks I could make about that situation, I'll just go ahead and hang on to. 
but the fact that you were able to track him down now we may have to have somebody come on and verify that you tracked him down and that you pulled him back down but i really love that and i said it earlier but the fact that you said lay down face down yeah i want to tip my hat to that because i think that's brilliant yeah i don't know if i would have thought about that in this split moment like i don't know what i would have done but I I was very cognizant that all of a sudden I was running and then when the run ended, I was very uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) What do I do now? (laughs) Very uncomfortable from running or very uncomfortable from running after the student's body? (laughs) Both. Both. Yeah. Um, I was just like, I'm just going to stare at the field. Just turning sideways with him over here. And I'm just like, I'm just going to stare at the field now. And so, um, yeah, I know that was, that was a great experience. Um, I don't know if great the word I would use. That was an experience for sure. That was an experience. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. man. Oh, man. Well, we look, we asked for an old crab experience and we got one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I've had a couple of other ones, um, you know, uh, drinking at games. Like, I have people that full on, uh, I think I shared this last week, didn't I? Yeah. No, no. Yeah, I, yeah, I did. Like, having people during COVID, because in Arizona, we still um, played sports uh, to a certain extent. And uh, I was fortunate enough that I was selected to host the state playoffs because I had a I have a great facility, and it holds a lot of people. Um, but I had people because we didn't have concessions during that time that like I had moms that would come up with like you would think they would put it in like a a yeti or a hydro flask or something, but they were coming to games with like full on wine bottles. So I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like the wine bottle is in their bag, like they've got the corkscrew. I'm like, what are you doing? Um, you know, I found fireball like crazy and I'm like, this is unbelievable. The amount. And I never had that happen before. Um, I would also say we, we probably didn't search like we did before, like, you know, going into sporting events, like, um, we, we just never had to worry about those things. Um, but man, it's like, holy cow, like that's a full wine bottle. Like that's a full Merlot that you're trying to bring (laughs) into the stadium. And you don't even have a glass. You're just going to straight bottle this. I'm trying to hide it. Yeah. And truthfully, I remember her looking at me. She goes, well, what's wrong with that? Like it never registered with her that this is not okay at a high school event. You know, you know the funny, we talked to Jim Harrison in, in Virginia and Jim had a drunk chain crew that was, they, they had to throw out mm-hmm. the chain crew. The officials had to throw them out in the middle of the game. This is a different level of just bringing your own full bottle of wine and then well, not thinking, no glass they, bottom up. But Dustin, they weren't working. It's okay. They weren't working. So that's okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not buying that that's okay. That I mean, they're buying. No, I'm not either. I'm just saying that they're buying. I mean, Wow, working. <laughs> they were well, working. I you could walk around with an open beer can and be okay, but mm-hmm. I don't know about a sporting event at a high school game that you could walk around and boldly carry a wine bottle with no wine glass. You're just gonna just straight bottoms yeah. up, and she yeah. may have been sharing it. I mean, I don't know. There may have been just a 
that may have been her her turn. You know, when little kids, you got to get treats after the game. You get whatever it is. Maybe this was the, her time to have to bring snacks for the for the stadium. I don't know. Because there was a potluck up, in the, up in the stand. <laughs> she, she was on beverages. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She's got her own concession stand going. Um, I'm trying to picture the chain gang drunk and how bad they must have been for the officiating crew to pull them out of the game. Yeah. That must have been hilarious. Yeah. With with Jim, and and it's similar to you because he was an assistant AD at this time. And it was a first game for him. And so he's like, I do what? They. You want me to throw out the chain crew? And he said that the chain crew was trying to fight the opposing coach. Oh, so, so that's kind of maybe what tipped it off. <laughs> maybe the officials kind of figured out that they were not um, sober at that time. But you talk about emergency action plans, and we talked about this with Jim. Do you have a backup chain crew? If somebody goes down, do you have somebody that just fills in, or would you just pull somebody out of stands and say, hey, I need you to do this? I am very lucky for the majority of my career, I have used my military recruiters as my chain gang. So I'm going to guess that the Marines and the Army and the Navy aren't showing up. Don't jinx yourself. Stop. Don't do it. I'm going to stop you. Yeah. Don't jinx yeah. yourself. Don't jinx myself. Good, well, good call. I'm not even going to finish this comment, Dustin. We're going to move on to the next topic. Yeah. Yeah. I got football season starting really soon. Um, I don't need that to happen. And I don't know how I'd explain that situation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, no, but you know what I think I would do? Um, answering that question honestly, for my varsity football games, my JV and freshman football coaches are almost always on the sideline just supporting the kids. I think I'd grab my JV and freshman football coaches and have them do it if I really had an issue. Um, I'd grab the people that probably know football the most that aren't engaged in coaching and, and put them on the sticks. Well, and usually that sign judge knows what he's doing, so he'll tell them where to put the, where to put the, the clip and where they, where they need right. to market all that stuff, so it'd be beneficial, but I mean, you just think about putting yourself in that spot where, yeah. I mean, it goes back to your statement with the principal. Do what? Yeah. <laughs> what You want me to throw, I'm throwing out the J crew because they're inebriated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it also makes you realize like there's things that happen in our events that as prepared as we are, we don't know what's ever going to happen. Like it could happen on any given night something that we have never thought of. Like you never think that a chain crew is going to show up drunk. Or mom's going to show up with a bottle of wine openly. Yeah. Like if I saw that, I would have to like verify with one of my other like coworkers that I actually saw it correctly. I think. Uh, I I want to watch someone and like accuse them of such ridiculousness without like a hundred percent verification that this is real. (laughs) <laughs> well, and I remember getting called over to the main gate because it was a it was a playoff game. And, you know, sometimes during playoff games, A, they, there's some more intensity, but B, you, you got some more uniqueness with those games. And I remember somebody calling me over and they're like, we can confiscate this, right? And I remember I was on my radio. I'm like, what are we confiscating? And they're like, a wine bottle. I said, like, drinking wine. Like, I wasn't comprehending what was going on. So I had to go over there. And my head of security is literally like, yeah, Tony, look. And I was like, 
oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I was completely dumbfounded. I said, yeah, no, we're going to keep that. She goes, do I get it back at the end of the game? I said, no, no, you're not getting that back at the end of the game. <laughs> and you wonder if she drove herself. Right. You know, you think about that situation, <clears throat> if she'd have drank that whole bottle and then get mm-hmm. in the car and, you know, and some mm-hmm. people be like, what's wrong with that? Yeah. I mean, no, you're right. And, you know, it's, it's, but I will tell you this, it has brought something to my attention that I'm way more cognizant of. Like I laugh at that now because that was just blatant, but you know, during COVID, a lot of us didn't sell concessions at events. We told people that they could bring drinks in. I know that I told people not even thinking about it, like, yeah, you can bring your hydro flask in, but how do I not know what's in that hydro flask? So mm-hmm. here we're going to, you can bring a clear water bottle sealed. That way I don't have to worry that I like, did somebody sneak something in there. Um, but in Arizona, you know, we have to be very cognizant of the weather um, and staying hydrated is a very, very important thing because it's a matter of 15 minutes and you can be in trouble. You legitimately can be in trouble. Um, so I don't necessarily always tell people no when it comes to water because I don't want them to be in a bad situation. Um, and it could happen. I mean, it's happened to our staff um, mm-hmm. and to our coaches on sidelines. Uh, because they're so caught up in the moment, they don't remember to hydrate. And so, you know, I don't want to necessarily tell people no, because that could lead to something bad. But also, we have to have parameters in place so that we are safe. Well, and and like you just said, though, like if they are sneaking something in and how hot it is, I have the same fears in Florida that um, they're going to be dehydrated even further. Uh If if they are, you know, and then there's liability and then you have we do have action plans in place for somebody goes down in the stands. That's something we have, but you don't want to put that into, into, into action. So yeah, there's a lot that goes into that and you have to think about a lot and hopefully, yeah, COVID didn't make it any easier. Well, you know, variables like that are not necessarily at the forefront because you think about the mm -hmm. game, the safety of the players, making sure that they are okay. Um, But you don't necessarily always think about, Okay, what are the needs of our fans? How do we ensure that they are safe? What parameters do we have to have in place there? Um, And I think the more experience we have, the three of us to think about those things now, but usually Mm -hmm. we either think about that because A, somebody shared it with us, or B, we've gone through it. And that's a great part of our job. Well, and what you just said is is a really important, I think, for, for all ADs to hear is, you did this, you let everybody bring in their hydro flask and their Yetis or whatever they needed to bring into, they say hydrated, and then you realize this is an issue. So next year, you're going to alter or change your policy. And I think mm-hmm. that's a really um, important thing to point out because, okay, I see this. I see this is an issue. What am I going to do to fix it? And not be afraid to implement that change and fixing it. and Or say, I was wrong. This was not a good idea. Let's fix it. And it's okay to, to continue to adapt. Well, my question is, how quickly did Tony the Streak Miller get over to the head of security to confiscate this bottle? Because mm-hmm. the bar is set pretty high. You probably had to get there quick. No, security got it way before me. I was on the field. So I'll give all the kudos to security in that case. There was so a, it's security uh, one, Tony one. Yeah. 
Yeah, security right got now. me on that one. They should have helped me on the other one a little bit more. Uh, maybe I wouldn't have been having hamstring issues. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, no, security helped me out on that one because I legitimately thought they were messing with me. Um, and then by the time I got close to the gate and I could hear her yelling like, what do you mean I don't get this back? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so, I knew I was going to see something very interesting when I got there. Yeah, I think that's the theme. Oh, no. is pretty yeah. much really, really recurring in these stories that you've Tony. Yeah. You've had these oh, no moments. But yeah. I, have, I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. I've enjoyed the stories. I've enjoyed getting to... Uh, well, I can't say see what you saw, um, but I got to, I mean, I, I've i enjoyed living vicariously through you, through these stories, but the takeaways are real. The situations were real. We started on a very serious note, and then we ended on the 19th hole, 20th hole, whatever it may have been, um, <laughs> and wine bottle in between. But, um, man, Tony, I thank you for jumping on here and, and sharing your stories. I thank you that you were real. Um, and I know for sure you and I will never be in a foot race. Uh, let me make something clear. Foot racing days are done. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. The 5K at the NIAAA National Convention, you're not running it. No. <laughs> okay. No, I'm not. <laughs> I will enjoy myself at the National Convention, but there's no 5K running for Tony. No, Tony's bringing the bottle of wine to the convention. Yeah. That's what he's yeah. doing. Yeah. <laughs> the I'm famous bottle of wine. The, <laughs> the famous bottle of wine is going to show up there. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, thank you very much, uh, Tony, for, for spending this time with us. And we definitely appreciated your stories. And, you know, thank you to Ticket Spicket, who sponsors um, all of these episodes for us. So. Thank you, and we'll be back next week.